So today is the finale for the whole year. <laughs> We've been talking on this sutra for almost the whole year. Let's do a very, very general review, Prashnaparamita Hiridaya Sutra. The title of the sutra is Prashnaparamita. That's a Sanskrit word. Um, you have to know what is prajna and paramita. Hiridaya is the heart. Sutra is the discourse spoken by the Buddha. Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva, and many people call this Bodhisattva the goddess of mercy. Uh, the, some people like to use the word god, the goddess. In Buddhist terms, there are many, many gods. The god of the earth, the god of the tree, the god of the ocean. God are sentient beings who are still subject to life and death. So you have to go beyond uh, God. You have to go beyond God. You have that nature in you to go beyond God. So Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva is a very high level Bodhisattva. This Bodhisattva practice meditation, usually appear in the form of a female but when you're at the Bodhisattva level, at that high level, there's no such delineation as male and female. Only in the world of desire do you have male and female demarcation uh, because this is the world of sexual desire. That's why you have male and female. But there are higher level existence that is free from this sexual desire. Uh, we in this world think that sexual desire is normal, but that is the lower realm. When you go higher and higher, you don't have that anymore. So, Avalokiteshvara Bodhisattva practiced the profound Prashaparamita wisdom, perceived that the five scanters are empty. Then we have to know what the five scanters are. The five scanters. We always ask ourselves, who am I? Where do I come from? Where would I go after death? All these questions is regarding you yourself. So you have to know what is this person identified as I. It's nothing but a combination of body and mind. So the five scanters is the body and the mind. Um, so the five scanters, we call them form or material, which is the physical body, perception, conceptualization, volition, and consciousness. So we are nothing but body and mind, body being the material part and mind being the spiritual part. So we are a combination of the body and the mind. And how do you analyze yourself? Why do we have a body? Why do we have a mind? How does this body and mind work? So we all have analyzed that many, many hours of lecture. Uh, first time comers, well, when you have listened to me up to this point for, for about five, ten minutes, you should know that the Buddhist teaching is not about blind worshipping. It's not about blind belief. It's about investigating about yourself, about your mind, about your body, um, going in that spiritual journey to find out who you are. And where do I come from? What do I do? Where will I be going after death? So we say the body and mind are empty. Empty is just the English rendering, the English meaning of sunyata. And you have to know what sunyata is all about. What's the meaning of empty? 
What is the meaning of nothingness? We spent about 10 hours on that already, on emptiness, on sunyata. Now, if you understand emptiness, if you understand the five scandals are empty, so in other words, if you understand causation, philosophy of asvabhava, no self, no ego, the philosophy of impermanence, the philosophy of dependent origination, all these we have talked about in order to arrive at understanding of what actually emptiness is. If you understand all that, you gradually come to a point that the way you perceive suffering is not the way you usually perceive suffering. And of course, when we talk about suffering, we talk about a vulnerable truth. Dharma session that the Buddha talked about 2,600 years ago in the Deer Park is the lecture on the Four Noble Truth, uh, which is the very beginning of the Buddha's teaching. And you should know what the Four Noble Truth is. The Four Noble Truth is this world is suffering. This world is full of, filled with suffering. And why? How come? What's the reason for it? We all explore that. This world is a world of suffering. The fact that we said this world is a world of suffering is not a negative aspect of life. It is only through knowing more about suffering negatively, knowing about more suffering, that you become more positive in overcoming suffering. So you'll find out the causes of this suffering. And once you find out causes of suffering, you design a method to overcome this suffering. And after the suffering is stopped, then you get into nirvana, we call it. You get into nirvana. You get to un an understanding of suffering and you get to a resolution to overcome suffering. That's the vulnerable truth. Suffering, causes of suffering, method to, to end suffering. And when the suffering is ended, you arrive at a point where there's no more suffering. Identify the problems, the causes of the problem, design a method to solve the problem, and then the problem is solved. And then it goes on to say, form is none other than emptiness. Emptiness is none other than form. Form is emptiness. Emptiness is form. The same is true with perception, conception, volition, consciousness. That is an affirmation on the explanation of emptiness. In the Buddha's teaching, when the Buddha explains something, the Buddha used two approaches. The one is the affirmation approach. The other is negation approach. The affirmation is, you should do this, you should do that, the universe is like this, the universe is like that, just to affirm it, to affirm it. And other than you using affirmation, uh, the Buddhists also use negation approach. Affirmation is something like this, you must behave, you must do this, you must be kind, you must be compassionate, but on the other hand, the negation is, you must not kill, you must not lie, you must not, not steal. So there are two ways to explain something. One is by affirmation, the other is by negation. So that's the reason why, that is, all dharmas are characterized by dependence upon causation. A lot of neither nor, and then there's no form, no perception, no conception, Nothing, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue. A lot of negation, nothing is explanation by negation. 
We spent about 15 hours on this already, so this is just a review. Nothing can be clear if you just use affirmation to explain something. You have to use negation too to explain something. All right, and then no ignorance, no extinction, no suffering, no cause of suffering, no extinction, no path. All of a sudden, it turns to know nothing, affirming it, and then negating it. And then the bodhisattvas practicing all this would be free from the obstacles in the mind and finally achieve it in realizing nirvana. All Buddhas of the past, present, and future, relying on Prashtaparamitta, attain Anuttara Samya Sambuddhi. What's the next? It says, therefore, one should know that Prashtaparamitta is the great supernatural mantra. So we have to regurgitate on what Prashtaparamitta means. We have to explain what is a mantra that people usually say, what mantra is. What is the meaning of this mantra? It is a Sanskrit. It's in Sanskrit sound. When the Buddha explained the teaching, other than affirmation and negation, he also used the method of manifestation and esoteric. So there's a manifest teaching and esoteric teaching. Esoteric is something that cannot be explained by purely words and language. Human language, words are limited. It's even more limited than sound. So sometimes uh, the Buddhas use sound to explain the esoteric meaning of the teaching. So sometimes manifestation manifests uh, the teaching and sometimes esoterically a profound hidden method in it. Let's get to a review of what Prajnaparamita means. Prajna is a Sanskrit word. Pra means supreme and unique. Jna is consciousness and understanding. It also means wisdom. Prajna also means wisdom. This kind of wisdom is not the same as ordinary wisdom. It is not the same as intelligence. Intelligence has pros and cons in it, has the merit side and the non-merit side in it for intelligence. Not all intelligent people are good people, you know. An atomic bomb is created from the intelligence of a scientist. If it can be used to benefit humans, it would be a good motive. If the atomic bomb intelligently created is used to bomb another country, then it's not so good. So intelligence could have both good effects and bad effects. But wisdom is something that is above intelligence. It only applies to benefiting the humans without the, the negative effects in it. It goes beyond this world. And this is the wisdom that lifts you from this world of desire to that place we can't even call it the place because when you call it the place, it's not the right word. But you have to say something about it. To that state of mind, what it is called nirvana. Even that word nirvana is not enough. You see, sometimes when we explain something, we have to use the tools of language. And then the tools of language is limited. Sometimes you just 
language is not sufficient to explain something. So that's prajna is a kind of wisdom that, it, that goes this transcendental, go beyond the mind. It lifts you from the mind of delusions to that mind, I don't, we don't know what to call it. The Buddha called it Taragatta. The Buddha called it the truth, or the, the Buddha called it so many words, too many phrases to describe it. Okay, so that's prajna. Paramitta, if you have this wisdom, it can take you to perfection. This is the world of imperfection. Nothing is perfect in this world. Uh, we're working towards perfection, but we never have reached perfection. We're living in an imperfect world because this world is a world of suffering. The fact that this world is a world of suffering does not mean that, yeah, we are negatively accepting suffering. With no suffering, we have to overcome it. It is because of suffering that we strive to overcome it, not just recognizing it. It's a wide view, a, a whole vista of the whole view, going to that place where you can perceive everything. That's the reason why we have paraman pictures. What is that? Panorama. That means you have the whole complete perfect view of everything. So paramita. Parama also means the other shore. Itta has arrived. Itta, you arrive at that shore of enlightenment. You have gone from this shore of confusion and delusions to that shore of enlightenment and nirvana, to that shore of complete understanding. This is just a very general brief work. What is this wisdom all about? The Buddha spent 49 years to explain this wisdom. 49 years to explain what kind of wisdom. So the Buddha's teaching is about wisdom, not about believing in the Buddha and you got blessings. It's about going into the wisdom, explore into that wisdom, find out the wisdom in you. Everyone has that wisdom, not just the Buddha. The Buddha has revealed and manifested wisdom. In other words, the Buddha has gone to that state where it is nirvana and he wanted us to go to the same place when you arrive at that place you are buddhas so there are many many buddhas we are the unenlightened buddha we have that buddha nature in us everyone not just in humans in a dog in a cat a dog a cat a rat they all have that nature they can be the buddha it's just because of karma that they roll into life and death. So we should know Prashnaparamitta. It contains generosity, practice of generosity, discipline, patience and tolerance, vigor or mental strength, meditation and wisdom, perfection of the wisdom. This is just a broad general outline. Each one of these is a course. And each one of these take a few years to study. <laughs> if you really want to study it. Uh, the Buddha talked about this six for 49 years and one semester is not enough. To know the taste of the Buddha's teaching, it's just like to, to know the taste of an ocean. You don't have to drink up the whole ocean. You scoop up a cup of ocean water, taste it, and then you know the taste of the ocean. What is the meaning of a mantra? Mantra is a Sanskrit word Man means the mind. Tra means protect. Traditionally, the word 
is understood as that which protects the mind. Through chanting mantras and visualization of meditation, one is able to access and develop the power of the various qualities they represent, whether for self-transformation or for invoking Buddhas or requesting Buddhas, Bodhisattva saints for blessings or assistance in one's practice. So that's a mantra. It has many, many meanings contained in it. Mantras range from single syllables, bija mantra, single syllable, for example, the origin of sound. Om, ah, hom. That's the bija mantra. To lengthy combinations that are also called dharani. The word dharani derived from Sanskrit, which means to hold or to maintain. The sound in mantras or dharanis are the speech aspect of enlightenment. All sound is a manifestation of sunyata, of self-nature. So in other words, these two words are used interchangeably. A mantra is a short dharani. So gati gati bhargate 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 is short. And we're talking about the compassionate long mantra is the mantra, the dharani of compassion. Um, dharani contains the meaning of the whole teaching in a few words. Holding the whole teaching, maintaining the meaning of the whole teaching and the sound. The magic of a dharani is in the repetition of it. If the mind keeps on repeating something, it becomes extremely strong. So you have to understand that is power of repetition in sound. So if you always say, if you repeat it, repeat it all the time, that contains, that power would reveal all the power, most of the power, or almost all the power, comes from repeating something. A thought, when it's repeated enough, it forms a habit. A habit, when it repeats itself enough, forms a personality. Your destiny is your personality. Your personality determines your destiny. What kind of personality do you have? What kind of thought in your mind since birth that you have cultivated? What kind of, from thought, what kind of habits you always have? So don't blame your environments. Watch your thought. For people who work hard, they already have built up the habit of working hard. And that get grounded into personality. And because of that habit of diligence, one of the factors that take them to the way of success. So you walk your own destiny, not God. Because you build up your own habit, you build up your own personality, you build up your own destiny. Isn't that logical? Isn't that common sense? But this is a logic and common sense that nobody cares. They just continue to build up that indecent thought. They just continue to build up that indecent habit. They just continue to keep that indecent personality. But I can tell you, you can change your personality if you change your thought. What kind of personality do you want to mold yourself into? Start with a thought. You can do it today. You can do it today to change your destiny, to change your own life. Don't wait. Hold your thought, your good thought, and never forget about it.
until it becomes a habit, until it becomes a personality. And then the Hasritra, the last paragraph, Gadde Gadde Paragadde Balsam Gadde Bodhiswaha. That's a Sanskrit, original Sanskrit, and this is the English meaning of the Sanskrit. Gadde means gone. Gadde, gone. Paragadde, gone beyond. Para, that means going to completion, perfection. Completely gone beyond. Bodhi means enlightenment. And swaha, that means all accomplished. Gadde, gadde, paragadde, parasam, gadde, bodhi, swaha. By chanting this, by knowing the meaning of this, how does it help us? It's in very abbreviated form. A mantra is in extremely abbreviated, extremely summarized form. You have to know what gone means. Gone is you're going, you're going until you're gone, until you have arrived at a place. And it's not, not just going. Going is the practice of it. Gone is the final fruition of it, the effect of it. You have gone to that place. Then you have to gone here. You have to gone beyond here. And in order to explain this, why don't we use meditation to explain this? It's three gones until you arrive at the fourth gone. So you arrive in there, you arrive beyond there, you completely arrive beyond there, and then you get enlightenment. It contains all the meaning. Let's use meditation as an example to explain this. What are we doing when we do meditation? Some people say, I just come from meditation because I want to have good health. That's not the purpose of meditation. The byproduct of meditation may be calming you down, giving you good physical health, but that's not the ultimate objective. But let's explore it a little bit. We have 15 minutes to explore it. Just to explain that word, gone, gone, gone beyond, completely gone beyond, enlightenment and swabhava, all accomplished. Why are we doing meditation? We're doing meditation, we have to know that there's three levels in it. We are living in kamadatu. Datu means world. Kama means desire. We are living in a world of desires. And there are also another level of existence that is living in a world without desires. What kind of desires this has? The desire to eat, to sleep, the desire for fame, for reputation, the desire to satisfy sensual pleasures. We want to satisfy our eyes, our eyes want to see beautiful things. Our ears want to listen to dulcet, pleasant things. We don't like criticism. We like praises, right? And our nose, our senses of nose, smell, fragrance. We want a nice smell, perfume. And our taste, our tongue wants to taste. And the Rupa Dattu is in another level that they don't have any desires anymore. They shed the desires burden off. In that level, there's no such thing as a man and a woman, uh, sensual pleasures, sexual relationship. There's no such thing because this is a higher level where they don't have desires, but they still have material. They still have a material form. The whole universe is nothing but materiality and spirituality. It's either the mind or matter, right? The mind you can see, matter you can see, is either the mind or matter. So in that level, that's still the mind and matter, but in this level, there's the burden of desires, especially sexual desires. 
there's still mind and matter left. They still have a body. And some people call them guardian angels or aliens or oh, many, many words for them. People in another level of existence, in another planet. Science has not developed into such a state that they can identify and find them out. Because they're in a different level. Science is too limited to know that yet. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a thousand years from now, they'll be able to explore more into that existence, but they don't have desires to fulfill. And this level lived up to thousands of years. We only live up to a hundred years because of our karma. This level, they only enjoy happiness because they don't have desires anymore. But they still have to go through life and death because they have material attachment. And in this level, a higher level, a rupa. Rupa means matter. A rupa means above matter. In this level, it's even higher. They don't have material anymore. They only have the mind. They are aloof from. They transcend material. What have we been doing in this world? We've been looking for materiality. We want a big house, a car, a Ferrari, a Mercedes, or, oh, Sean is your home. We want a beautiful dress. By all means, we look for that, even at the expense of hurting others, even at the expense of, by all means. But in this level, there's no more material, only the mind left. And these existence, these existing beings, they enjoy millions of years of longevity. We enjoy only a hundred years. They only have happiness. But because they still have that deluded mind, they don't have money material. They have that mind, they still have to go through reincarnations. They're not yet out from existence. They still have an existence. We want to get out from existence. We want to transcend existence. It sounds too high, right? It sounds too high a level. We always want to exist. How come the Buddha is talking about transcend existence? Everybody wants to exist, they don't want to die. The Buddha said, you have to transcend that existence. We have been living in the prisons for many, many millions of years. We're so used to this prison. Just to give an example. When someone enlightened and tell us that, hey, Joe, this prison is not for you. It's too confined, you're restricted. Get free, liberate yourself to the outside world. Walk out from this prison. You say, no, 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 no. I, well, how do I know this? What, what, what do we mean by outside world? What do you mean by freedom? I, I, what, am I not free in here? I can walk around in my room, in my, in my jail, in my cell. And um, I've been given food. And uh, yeah, sometimes they beat me up, you know, and, and you know, there are a lot of things going on in the prison, but I'm, I'm free. But, well, you mean there's another place called freedom? They don't know. Because they've been in prison, we've been in prison for too long. Here, is the, here comes this Buddha saying, peep out from that window. There's a lot more outside. Liberate yourself. Go beyond this. A frog in the well what do they think of the sky? They think the sky is just the opening in the well. Because when they look up to the sky, that's the sky. 
that the sky is just an oval-shaped opening which measures about six feet in diameter. That's what the frog knows about sky. If you look down at the frog and say, frog, froggy, the sky is not like that. The sky is not just six feet in diameter. You think a frog would believe in you? <laughs> he won't believe. But you know the sky. Every one of us is a frog. So we are here. In this realm, we have animals, we have ghosts, we have the six categories of existence in here. We want to meditate. Okay, I want to go to that temple intent for meditate. I want to learn something on meditation. I want to learn something about how to calm me down, you know, tranquility. As I said in the beginning, I'm just using meditation as an example. There are many, many other things for explaining. Gatte, gatte, bragatte, 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 So we intend for meditate, and then we study Anapanasati, Satipatthana, and then we study Samatha and Vipassana, and then we arrive at Kamadhatu Samadhi, we arrive at a certain purification and pacification of the mind. Because of these stages of meditation, we arrive, we learn better and better, and gradually we improve and improve and improve in our tranquility, in our equanimity of the mind. Right now, we're not there. Right now, we're just a beginner. But as you practice and practice and practice more, then you get higher and higher level until the highest level, and this is Samadhi. Samadhi means deep concentration neighboring on the first jhana, which means that this is the high level of your meditation. Now this level could be after you die, or could be you still exist, you can be at that level too. Then, if you go a higher level, you go into this level. First jhana, second jhana, third jhana, fourth jhana. That is the level that all your sensual desire are gone. You're not looking for satisfaction of the pleasures of your sensual organs anymore. You're looking for something different. You're looking only for equanimity of mind, peacefulness of mind. That's the reason why if you examine very carefully on people who have achieved a lot in this life, in many things, if they were interviewed by reporters, you know, all these successful, affluent people, they say, can you tell me what happiness is? I'm sure they wouldn't tell you. Happiness is owning a hundred billions. Money would not buy you happiness. But for people who have no money, money would, they would consider money would buy them happiness. Money would not, material would not give you happiness. In a lot of cases, it will only give you suffering because you always have that insatiable desires to fulfill, to look, to want more. So in this level, there's no more sensual pleasures, but there is still material left. So step by step, you go this first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, fourth jhana. And of course, I'm summarizing now. How to arrive at this? There's a lot more to say about this. This is just a brief summary, giving you an example about gati gati bragati brasamgati bodhiswaha. And then you go into a higher level. The fifth jhana, sixth jhana, seventh jhana, and eighth jhana. Jhana of boundless space, jhana of boundless consciousness, jhana of pure emptiness, jhana beyond consciousness and non-consciousness. Remember the mantra said, gatte, gatte, bragatte, brasam gatte, bodhiswaha? This is the first gatte. Gone. In other words, you've gone from here to here. The first gone. You have arrived there. 
you achieve it there. You're gone. The first gone, the second gone, the third gone. You achieve at the second gone. You achieve at the third gone. So gade, gade, bragade, bralasam gade. What's that? You even go beyond the three gones to the fourth gone. It's completely gone beyond. What is this? Naroda samati. When you are in here, you are out from life and death. No more life and death for you. Our body, we have been reincarnating. We've been taking life and death. You are Jung this life. You are John in your next life. You are Jeanette in your third life. A human in one life, you could be an animal in the next life because of what you have done. So we have been reincarnating. This is not your only body. This is your body of your present life. You roll into the next body. You had the body before. As I always said, this body is just a hotel that you have. Fortunately or unfortunately, you check in this body that you have. And unfortunately or fortunately, you've got to check out one day. You cannot say, I don't want to check out. Your lease expires, you check out from this hotel. You don't have a choice. You know, you cultivate your own destiny. Don't blame anybody. You did it yourself. So the first gone, the second gone, the third gone, completely gone. You are out from life and death in here. You arrive at that nirvana, nirodha samadhi. Complete nirvana. That's the Buddha, Bodhi. But if you are here, you are already out from life and death. Bodhi is the enlightenment. So, gone, gone, gone beyond, completely gone beyond, enlightenment, all accomplished. So, we can say, Gade, Gade, Bra Gade, Bra Gade, Bodhi, completely gone beyond. You are here, but you can be here. The Buddha wouldn't say, I'm God. You are my follower. The Buddha said, you are Buddha. You are the same as me. That Buddha nature is in you. You have that nature. Gade, gade, bragade, brasam, gade, bodhiswaha. This is the end of the sutra. This sutra in characters containing 268 characters in English words, I don't know, we can do a count on it. It's one of the shortest sutra that contains all the information. If you really understood this sutra 100%, you know Buddhism. You already have grasped a general understanding of Buddhism.